0: guys, you guys know what time it is. This is me, your boy Just, and this is the Daily Knicks Podcast. Thank you guys again for tuning in to another edition of the show. Make sure you guys subscribe to the actual podcast and make sure you guys check out all the things on the Daily Knicks website throughout the week talking about all the big Knicks topic. So for the first time ever on this pod, I'm not talking to myself. Uh, I have someone who you should, guys probably should follow on Twitter, who's very well versed in how much the Knicks suck over the past couple of years? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my newly found acquaintance, John Macri. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm honored if I'm if I'm like your first guest on this thing. That's like I feel like I should I should get a, a commemorative stamp. Or well,
0: don't worry. We can give you a nice little clap. That's the only thing we can afford.
1: That's fine, man. I'll That's take awesome. a clap. It's, it's the best. Go. It's the best thing I've gotten today. So it's all good.
0: <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, so yeah, so we can just dive in since I know you you have a, a short period of time with us. Um, I I kind of want to go back a couple of weeks. Um, I'm assuming you read the uh, ESPN article with uh, James Dolan with Ian O'Connor about kind of like
1: the yes, yes, yeah, yes, I did.
0: Gave the magnum opus of uh, the stay of the Knicks, and I want to start there because everyone knows that this season now that we're just starting 2019. Um, it's all about developing potentially getting a free agent and Chris Dabbs getting his knee healthy, but everything with that. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is going to always start at the top. And that starts with James Dolan. I have been, um, wary of him, but I've always been concerned about his actual impact on the team, positive or negative. Uh, my question to you is after you read it cuz I read it and I have my own feelings about it. Did you think that article helped the Knicks or did nothing for the Knicks?
1: Um I actually I think that's a really good way to phrase the question. Um I I don't think it did anything. Um I look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have any vast amount of inside information, but you know, just kinda of talking to people around the way over the the last, you know, several months that I've been kinda of doing this stuff and, you know, getting the chance to kinda of talk to people here and there and just getting a, a sense of things. Everyone around the league knows what James Dolan is. I mean nothing you know, I mean obviously there was some there was some sound bites or or good quotes from that article that, that people could pull out and um and highlight if they wanna Make your argument you know um more of an argument against him, I mean, even if you want to try to make an argument for him, but like everybody knows what james dolan is that's that's not a secret so I, I I think you know maybe the better question is you know will will the Knicks be able to attract like a top level free agent you know in terms of like we could talk about the the team situation, we could talk about Fisdale as coach, we could talk about you know, is Porzingis a good enough player to to attract like a, a top guy to come want to play with him? I think those are all, you know, very fair and valid questions. But at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to go work for this guy? Um, and I don't, I don't think any of us have the answer at this point. I mean, someone is always going to be willing to take the money, but it's like, is it the someone that they want?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely do agree. So when I read it, I was I was on the train. I was going to work or go into an interview about a job, and I was sweating at the idea of working somewhere and also sweating at the idea that this man really might run this team for the rest of my adult life. Um, <laughs> he might. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm just – the thing that frustrates me is – well, the, the first thing is that the idea that he's a bad owner, right? I've always questioned the idea of what makes a good owner is like a good owner is just someone who doesn't do anything or is a good owner, just a guy who's just like a lackey, because to be honest, I don't think most NBA fans know who their owner is at this point. And like, it comes to a place where like, listen, it's New York, everything's blown up, but like just I guess now seven years ago, since so 2019, they were booing the owner of the golden state warriors in 2012. That happened. You can Google that. Yeah, oh. No,
1: I, I remember it well at the, uh, I think it was like the Chris Mullen retirement or not the Chris Mullen retirement ceremony, or maybe it was Mullen. Uh, it was some Jersey retirement ceremony. I remember they booed him at halftime.
0: Yeah. And they booed him and it's like now, you know, 70 years later, they think he's the best owner in the league. Um, No one even knows who the owner is in New Orleans, like the Tom Benson passed away and now it's his wife. And if you ever want to read like the affidavit of like what happened, (laughs) like he doesn't want to give the teams over to his kids like they're a mess. But no one talks about that. And it's like things it's it's little things like that. Like the owner in Memphis, it was like he basically had to.
1: Yeah, it's a disaster situation down there. It's like the, the ownership is gonna like change hands at some point. It, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so my overall point is like I'm not defending James Dolan. Don't get me confused. But I don't see how that is the number one reason that a free agent won't come here. I well, can think of a lot of other reasons, but and I'm not saying he isn't a reason, but for him to be painted as the reason no one wants to come here, I've always thought that was kind of overblown
1: um I'll say a couple things. I think back when he was meddling, let's say in what what the day to day operations of the team were yeah i think I think that was there was a better argument to be made then that um a a top flight free agent wouldn't want to come because you have to worry about well, you know even if I trust the let's say the president of the of basketball or if I trust the general manager to make the right decisions that'll impact my career, how do I know that, you know, Dolan's not going to come down from the top and and just like interject and screw things up? I, I think now that he is ostensibly been out of, of the day to day basketball operations for, you know, other than firing Phil Jackson, I don't think he's made a basketball decision since he um, I forget what what the what the order of operations. I think the last thing he had input in was uh, essentially vetoing the Kyle Lowry uh, trade that would have yeah. would have sent Shumpert to to the Raptors. So he's out of it. So I think from that perspective, yeah, I, I, I would say maybe it's overblown a little bit. But I, I think at the end, here's what can't be denied. Like, and I, I talked to Howard Beck about this on my my podcast for you know close to an hour like there's a culture inside the garden. Like it, it, you could, if you could write 10 words about it, you could probably write 10,000 words about it. But I don't think anybody in the NBA needs to write about it because it's everybody that's in the league kind of knows what it is. It's And I, I can't even put words to it because I'm not there, but it seems to be very distinct. And it's like, you know, that's your working environment. Now, if you're Kevin Durant and you have a whole kind of team of your own people that are behind you and and you're – you know, you could kind of isolate yourself to a certain extent and do your own thing. Do you care about that, you know, sort of working culture, so to speak? I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but, you know, just to what you were saying before about like these other other ownership situations and whatnot, like I, <laughs> to pretend that it doesn't matter, I think would be foolish. But also, you know, like, look, Dan Gilbert is the owner of an NBA championship. Like, uh, yep. find, find me a worse owner in sports than ding, I mean, you know, I don't know, Parshur. He
0: cussed out his own player. Then his yeah, player came uh, back to him.
1: No, I mean, he, you know, he got, and, and why did he get a championship? Because he was lucky enough to have the greatest player of all time or second greatest player of all time. Uh, and multiple in,
0: first overall picks.
1: Yeah. And be born in his state and, and he won the lottery several times. Guess what? If the Knicks win the lottery and, and draft Zion Williamson and Kevin Durant um is like you know what um I kind of want to play with that kid then it's not gonna matter that James Dolan owns the team I mean maybe it will at some point but um I yeah it is it probably a little overblown yes but I can't I can't sit here and say that it's like it's meaningless just because it's like if there's that much smoke and there's a lot of smoke about James Dolan I mean you know there's some fire there
0: yeah no, I, I definitely agree. in like the whole, I don't know if you saw, but Stefan Bondi, he wrote, writes for the, I think it's the Daily News. He yeah, got. He,
1: I know. He got booted from the, well, I don't want to say booted. It was. Booted.
0: His invitation was not sent according yeah. to what was. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And listen, I, I did a little intro thing on my podcast when that happened. Like, I'm. I, look, anybody who reads anything that I've written or, or listens to me, I'm like, me and Bondi uh, are, are not exactly on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, that's a, like, you shouldn't do that. That's like, yeah, you can't
0: do that for people, even if it's not, um, yeah, it's
1: just a bad look.
0: Um, so speaking of that media, so I kind of want to transition to this, uh, idea. I talked about this on my last pod a couple of weeks ago before the holiday season. And I feel like there's a, a stark difference between how the team is covered by the media and how the team is looked at on Twitter or I guess people just not in that traditional sense of like the media. What I mean by is this Enos Cantor, right? Obviously this past week has been pretty bad. You know, first got benched for Luke Cornette. Didn't like it. Tweeted out the emoji. Fine. He did that the first time he got benched. Second time Utah where they got absolutely clapped um, in the first 20 minutes of the game, basically unloaded the clip. And basically just said, "Why am I doing this?" Blah 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 blah. Yep. Then, lost to Denver, he basically goes and talks to Scott, Pier- Scott Perry about not wanting a request, but wants to know what his role is on the team. And <laughs> we're, I've read so much on like the actual like news feeds that you would think that we were like doing what we did to Carmelo Anthony three years ago to Enos Cancer. <laughs> it is my. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind about this. He's not a good player. He's not a good player on not a good team. And we're treating him like a sacrificial lamb because of what? He runs hard? Like, I don't know. Does he have dead bodies? I don't know what he has <laughs> on, like, these people in the game. But, like, I, the thing that frustrates me as a fan and also a journalist is when someone tells you something and you don't listen to what they're told you at the beginning of the season, they told you they were going to be bad. They said this team isn't going to be good and that they're not going to try and improve the team this year. Yet all I read is like the Knicks don't care about the season. The wins don't matter. What is Fizdale doing? Why is X, Y, Z player not playing and I, don't, I just want to hear your perspective on, like, the idea of, like, are they out of touch or are they just trying to find something to write about?
1: Oh, that's that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's something that I've asked myself, you know, often like, OK, um, this is a minor example. It's maybe a little bit of a nitpick, but. So I, I always because I'm always looking for important quotes or something that may be revealing, um, you know, because say what you want about the beat guys. I mean, occasionally they'll, they'll get a quote or they'll they'll have a little tidbit in a story that is, is newsworthy. Mm-hmm. But like, um, you know, I think Berman's story, it was either this morning or, or yesterday mentioned uh, Inez Cantor and his like trade ability and dropped a little line in there about um, that he would be tough to trade Um, because the Knicks would need to take back um, equivalent salary in expiring contracts. And I was thinking about that and I'm like, well, no, actually that's, that's not the case because um, the NBA salary cap rules dictate that if you have a player that makes between, uh, I might screw up the numbers, between five and $19 million, then as long as the salary, as long as there's no, neither team is in, or the acquiring team isn't in the luxury tax, there could be like a $5 million difference. Yeah. Now, is that a big deal? No. Why is it not a big deal? Because no one's trading for Ines Cantor. But putting that <laughs> aside, it's like, it, the reason I just thought of that is you asked me the question about like, are these guys basically just trying to drum up nonsense for clicks or are they out of touch? And I, you know, sometimes I, I think it might be a little of both. Like, mm-hmm. um, look, I mean, is, Mark Berman's a good reporter. Like, you know, I'm just going to use him as an example because he's the most preeminent beat guy probably out there. He's been on, on the beat for 20 years. Like, he gets good quotes. He gets, you know, he digs. He finds stuff. I mean, anyone that you talk to that knows Berman will tell you, that guy's a dog, man. He, he gets after it. He does what he's supposed to do at, in his job. Is he worried maybe about the minutiae of of like the fact that, um, Inez Cantor's, uh, you know, like his, uh, the statistic on cleaning glass showing that for every year of his career except one, that he's essentially cost his team like several wins a year? Yeah. Is Berman looking up those statistics? No, I don't think Berman's looking up those statistics. I don't even know if he would know what those statistics mean. Um, does he maybe look and say, oh, Inez Cantor, a guy's averaging, um, 14 points and 10 rebounds and he's shooting, you know, 54% from the field. Um, You know, surely the Knicks would be able to find someone to trade for him. Is that what's going through his mind? Maybe. I I don't know (laughs) because I've never asked him. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're a tabloid in New York um, and, you know, I, I feel a little queasy about using that word. But like, you know, call a spade a spade. Um, your job is to get people to, it used to be buy papers. Now it's to click on your stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, but I guess my, the thing I wonder is like, how many people are still getting their information from like, you know, what Berman or Bondi, um, or I'm trying to think of somebody else, um, like, you know, Steve Popper, um, although Popper's a little bit more into like the analytics, I guess, um. How many people are getting their information from those guys? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. But I, I definitely think to go back to what you started the question with—that what people like you and me see on our Twitter feeds every day—that is not. I do not think that is representative of like, like all basketball fans or even most basketball fans. What is the percentage that you know? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea.
0: Yeah. No. I. Uh, that's the thing. So, like, I'm. <sighs> I guess I guess my overall thought was just like like you brought up a good point like I can see the the concept of quote unquote the other side of the of the billing, but my and I and I'm not saying that the beat writer should be I would say lax towards the team like the team's what nine and twenty seven nine twenty eight something like that right now they're no awful. they should be
1: critical they have, yeah could be critical. critical it's a bad yeah. team
0: <laughs> like I'm not speaking on that but. My frustration simply lies when it comes to like this, like outpouring of like emotion for Enos Cantor, where he's like he's not he can't. Billy Donovan already told you you can't play cancer. <laughs> this was said okay, not by the Knicks, by another team who's what the second or third best team in the West right now. The same coach who just got a contract yeah. extension.
1: So no, you, but you know what Cantor is. He's a good quote. And he's he's good for a story and think about it, put yourself in in one of their shoes. Like what's your prior, like you're aren't you, aren't you going to be more naturally inclined to side with the guy who makes your job easier?
0: Yeah, I guess that, that does make sense.
1: I mean, I'm listen, I'm not ultimately as much as I may question the uh, let's say journalistic integrity of some of the guys who cover the team. I, they like, they're not going to ever report anything that's false. They're not going to ever report, you know, um, rumors that they say are sourced, but aren't sourced. I mean, I, like if they say they have a source, I believe them. They have a source. They're not out here spouting complete nonsense. But I think as you've been kind of dancing around phrasing has power, like the way you put stuff out there has incredible power. Words have power. And to like, yeah the way you the way you like phrase that whatever's going on with kanta right now that's going to influence people's opinion and i i listen i, I you're, you're annoyed i could tell i'm annoyed too i get annoyed by the same stuff i just i don't know i try not to let it get to me
0: yeah for real it's not uh <laughs> too much so all right so next step down i guess is obviously um the overall arc of the team so far and i guess from my perspective is i've I've had, it's, you know, it's a young team, so there's going to be ups and downs and there's players that I, I guess I'll just do a quick rap fire. Cause I know you only have a few minutes left with us, um, sure. on just like who I've seen and you can comment and let me know, like, if you agree, disagree or what you felt. So let's just start with Frank, your favorite player. Uh, <laughs> so Frank Nielakina and I, and before we start, I'm on your side. I'm actually a, a supporter of him. I'm not one of these demigods who doesn't believe in him. Uh I've as much as I've defended him as much as I've uh like some things that I've seen from him I have been overall disappointed in him in the sense of that he's it's not it's not the development of him like his actual game uh because if you actually look at like the actual his game like just the just the what he does on the court, I've actually seen some improvements, but it's his mindset that has drive me up the wall. It's like if I could take Moutier's brain and put it in Frank's body, I feel like I'd have a top ten point guard. But you can't do that, and so like his lack of aggression is driving me crazy. Uh, but I'll let you kind of give your falsetto on uh no, but Frank's I, play.
1: I I I think it's but I think that the way you phrase the question is is what makes him I think in a lot of ways the most divisive play. I mean, I know I know Carmelo was divisive in his own way, but I think Frank's even I, I don't wanna say he's more divisive, but I think a part of this also too is
0: that he was he was Phil Jackson's last pick, and that Donovan yeah, is playing. There's a lot of things that go into like yeah, Yeah.
1: does no. There's a ton that goes into it, but I think what's interesting is like you phrased it like put put Emmanuel Mudiay's mindset in Frank's body. Well, it's not as simple as that because there's a lot of things about Frank's natural mindset that, to a lot of people, me included, feel like that's how you're supposed to play basketball. Yeah, like. You know, my least favorite player in the NBA is Russell Westbrook. I know people oh, will- we're
0: we're on the same wave. Like I
1: yeah, it's like I can't stand him. Like <laughs> yeah. I the fact I, I was watching the end of their game the other night. He was 0 for eight from three. Um Paul George was having a great game. Who gets to take the last shot? No question about it. Russell Westbrook, corner three, clank, you know, Thunder lose the game. It's like that I and I get it. He's a top fifteen player. If I had to watch that guy every night, I would put my head through the freaking television screen. So, when I get, you know, when I saw a guy like Frank, you know, initially last year, I'm like, "Yes, this is like the throwback point guard that I've always wanted to root for." But at the same time, I think what makes it what makes it so tough is like even if you're a Frank stan, and I obviously am, to not acknowledge the the simple truth that you like you can't win in the NBA today with a point guard who isn't, doesn't have at least some modicum of aggression. Yeah. So it's like, you got to keep him a little bit like where, he, like keep some of what makes him him, but also fundamentally change his DNA as a player. And it's like, it's like, there's so much that goes into it, but yeah, I know, we could sit here. We could talk about Frank for an hour. It's I know. Crazy.
0: That's what I'm saying. Um. So for me, like, and again, like I, I really do like Frank and, Um, one of the last points I want to talk about is like the actual, like, obviously it's a free agency. And I want to talk about this last, because I know people are just like Kevin Durant drugs. Give me Kevin Durant drugs. Um, I just want them to like, understand it. Like for me, I don't know how to feel about it because on the one hand, yes. Would I want the second best player in the league to come to my team? Obviously. Um, Would do I dream about Kevin Durant hitting a game-winning shot in in Lebron James' face to win the championship every night? But I can't think of a way for him to come here. And for me, if if you told me next season the Knicks' starting five was Frank, Zion, Kevin Knox, KP, and Mitchell Robinson, I would be perfectly okay with that. And like Timmy coming off the bench, so you can you know argue should Zion start whatever it just an just a version of that. I would yeah, be sure. okay no, with that.
1: No, some some combination. Yeah. yeah, I
0: would be okay with that with no KD because I I just think like I get a lot of heat obviously about KP. I'm in a lot of group chats where like you understand people hate the Knicks for whatever reason. Talking about the Knicks boils people's blood to a level. Um, unbeknownst <laughs> to everything I've ever seen before,
1: it's it's New York.
0: Yeah, so everyone hates everything. So I can say anything positive about the Knicks, they hate it. But if Kevin Durant doesn't come and they sign nobody, I would be perfectly okay with that because everyone I just named you is under twenty five years old. Like they'll be fine. But again, like I'm just afraid of the thirst. And that oh, we can't get Kevin Durant. Let's get uh Tobias Harris. He's from New York. It's like that would be the worst decision ever. Um, I, I
1: I completely agree. Um, and I no, I'm like not to cut you off, but like my single biggest fear, and I think the single, the thing that could derail the organization more than anything else is spending money on a guy exactly like you said, a guy like Tobias Harris. You know, I think we could we could split hairs over like where do you draw that imaginary like offer offer max contract above this line line um is it you know uh is clay thompson right on top of the line is it just like kd and Kawhi is it kd kawaii and like you know uh Kyrie it's like, whatever but like if they like the odds are that they that durant will not come here i mean it that's if he comes great but that you know the odds are the odds are against it, I would say at this point. So um, yeah, I agree with you. The worst thing they could do would be to throw out like bad money um, and tie it up in like a long-term contract for someone that's good, but not great. But at the same time, and, and I guess the, the thing that I'm slowly coming around to is like, yes, they would be fine just with the kids in theory, but there that's where it's like the reality of playing in new york in madison square garden it's like it'll begin to rear its ugly head like if if you like and again the odds are that they don't get zion the odds are that they draft you know because it's there's only a 12 percent chance of winning the lottery even if you have the worst record so the odds are that they end up with a guy not like zion but like you know john morant or or uh, uh cam, cam reddish. reddish or yeah you know someone like that it's like what is that team then next year if you basically bring back this team with KP... In the um, East,
0: to me, that's a top six team.
1: I I mean, maybe. I mean, there's five good teams in the East. So, like, you know, you could, you know, put put KP on this year's team and you could argue that they would be in the playoff race. I have no idea. Um, but... And then the other part of it is, like, how will that affect, you know, Kristaps's free agency or restricted free agency? And that's obviously been the topic of conversation today. Because like, no, he can't like force his way out in the sense that it was implied in, you know, an article that came out today. But could he, you know, sign a three plus one and then, you know, become a free agent again in in three years? Absolutely. He could make that happen. And guess what? If he signs a three plus one, the minute the ink is dry, not even, you know, before the ink is dry on that contract a giant imaginary ticking clock gets placed above Madison square garden. And it's like, just like the
0: Bucks and just like the Pelican.
1: Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. Just like those situations. And that's, that's where it gets scary. You live in fear every
0: single day that your best player is going to leave you.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's why for us to sit here and say, look, I just said it for us to sit here and say like, no, they can't throw a hundred and, um, whatever million dollars at Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton or Kemba Walker. Um, Well, Kemba Walker is kind of, again, closer to that like line. It's easy for us to say, but like, if you sign one of them, does that maybe convince KP to sign for the full five years or who knows? Maybe he's like, no, I am okay playing the long game. I'm going to have a 15 year long career. I want it to be here. I want to do this thing the right way. I would rather take another year of like, building it the right the correct way sign you know guys to big money one-year deals we have no idea but i think the point is that they absolutely need to approach this summer with like kp in mind like first and foremost
0: yeah because he he's the franchise so i'll just um real quick i'll just put this last little note about chris staffs i guess his mentality so this is Sure. Key, this is very limited time. I met him one time. So do not run, whoever is about to take this <laughs> and go somewhere with it. I met him once. It was I'm at already a shoot. curious. Yes, it was at a shoot, and this was not like a basketball event. So, with that said, I used to intern at complex and we had to do a shoot with him for like his body armor, that Kobe thing that he signed with. And this was before the AC, this was. Was it during the, the yeah this had, this was during the season, well before the ACL. This might have been like, in like no this wasn't okay no 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 this wasn't this wasn't the season so this is twenty seventeen he tore his ACL almost a year ago now, um and this was I think it was like March or something, so he's doing a uh he's doing a commercial for us <laughs> and like he okay I remember exactly who it was. It was the the injury that like you remember he was like he missed like the last like 10 games of like two seasons ago for some reason?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. some BS injury. Yeah,
0: so it was that. So uh we're you know, we're 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 doing a shoot for him and he's like kinda hooping or whatever. And he like kind of pulls something in his back. And you could hear a pin drop <laughs> in this room. Cause we were like Okay, we probably hurt like the the you know franchise leading player in New York City, and the guy his his brother, who's his trainer, was obviously pissed because he was like, "This is the same bleep that got him to miss the last couple of you know games." <laughs> so obviously, I'm nervous. Everyone, my d- direct designer is nervous, and the guy was like, "No, I'm fine. I can keep playing." Mind you, he literally looked like he like hurt himself, and we were like. Okay, and I think he just has a mentality because he was basically doing like a little one on one thing with someone. And I think he has a mentality of like, I don't care what it takes. I'm trying to win. And you've seen that with the whole picture that he posted after Fisdale said he's not running well. When he came up for Enos Cancer. the guy wants to win. So I've never I never I've never um, questioned his mentality or his heart or how much he wants to play. My fear is what I think the Knicks should do is kind of give them the Joel and B contract, which is the, we'll give you your money. His five years, but there's some incentives in here. Like if you miss a couple of games, we can, we can kind of, you know, get out of it in a way. Um, And so for me and for like, as a guy who, who I think this guy could be a top five player in the league. Like I think he can be an MVP uh, it remains to be seen what he actually will sign to. Uh, I think for him, the best case is for a five-year deal because if he tears his ACL again, that money is gone. So for him to sign, I saw reports he might sign a one-year deal and then be unrestricted yeah, the
1: next year. That's not happening.
0: That no. to me no. makes no sense for him because you can get hurt again, and your play can fall off. Um, and it just there's too many variables in that. And then, like you said, the three plus one, um, that would make somewhat sense if he's willing to just be like, "All right, I want to see what this organization's like. I'll give you three years."
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that look the idea of a Joe Embiid type max contract with injury protections is, I you know obviously who wouldn't want that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about, it's about leverage. And the fact is that like, okay, so let's say the Knicks say, um, yeah, we'll give you the full five years, but only this version of the full five years that, um, I think it's the way Joel's is like, if he doesn't play a certain amount of games, they could essentially cut him. Um, and then what if KP says, all right, well, you know what? I'm not going to sign that. Um, I'm going to go find an offer sheet. And he would find an offer sheet for a three plus one in about 0.82 seconds. Uh, And I guarantee you, he would find it in a place that he would want to play. And that's like really what it comes down to. It goes back to the first thing we talked about is like the Knicks, like, look, I, I love everything they've done in the last year. I love the Perry hire. I love the patience that they've exhibited. I love Fisdale. I'm a, obviously a big a big fan of his. They don't have the right to call the shots with a player of KP's caliber. They just don't. Because if you've been a dumpster fire for 17 years and like <laughs> I have the 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 marks on my arms and and hands from shielding my face against the flames to prove it. <laughs> um <laughs> like you and you have been given this gift, like this just utter gift of a player. you hold on to him, Did and you say, if he, he said no like seriously if you <laughs> if he says jump, you say how high like and and the thing that people need to realize why this is different from from Joel and like yes, I get a torn ACL is a big deal, and I get he's seven three. Um, and we've never seen a player that high have an extended or that tall, have an extended career, but like, you know, two years ago, people didn't know if Joel Embiid was going to ever play in the game again. Like, you know, we thought he probably would. Yeah. Joel been hurt
0: just, all the time. He got hurt in college. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like that, the, the six and the Sixers are, you know, they were a solid organization. Like they had some leverage there. Um, like it wasn't like, I would someone else have offered him. A similar contract or a, a nice contract in a restricted free agency? Probably. But, like, it's not a guarantee.
0: He would have gotten the, the Jabari Parker deal.
1: Well, may, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I think some smart team probably would have, would have offered him more than that. But the point remains that, like, again, this particular summer where half the friggin' league has cap space, that's the other thing that people don't realize – when when Embiid signed that contract, the league was not flush with cap space that it's going to be this July. Um, Porzingis is going to have—I mean, forget about just options. He's going to have both LA teams as an option. He's going to have the Bulls as an option. You know, great city. Like I, you know, for Miami to get under the cap would would take some real gymnastics. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> they'll be American able to do it. Work. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think Pat Riley has that in his bag. But like Brooklyn. Like people will laugh at that. Don't laugh at that. Brooklyn has as good a player development, and like you know, talk about their culture. Brooklyn's about culture to make there. playoffs. Yeah, no, they, and they they should. They're good. Like they have great coach. They have good GM. It's like you know, people, we joke about it all the time. Like they're building, they're building statues for Sean Marks. Well, look, he hasn't been perfect, but they've done things the right way, considering what they the previous regime did. It's like no. Like you don't screw around with this guy. Like just give him the pen and the blank check and say here. Like however many zeros you can put on there, just write them in. Um that's that's my stance on on KP. So yeah, that's my that's my rant. You got a, a classic Macri rant. So congratulations for that. Appreciate it.
0: I'm glad <laughs> we brought it out of you, man. All right, man. I, I have you for thirty six minutes. I feel like I you have to get out of here. So you can just plug whatever you need to, then uh let you out here on a great note
1: no no that i i mean the only reason i gotta go is because i i have a a podcast of my own to record in a little bit and um have to do a little preparation for that which um yeah so i guess i'll you know uh, obviously everybody out there should subscribe and listen and rate your your podcast but if you're not checking out the next film school podcast we're uh we're on everything itunes you know soundcloud spotify google play um all that good stuff so uh yeah check it out and uh, i appreciate you having me on thank you very much
0: yeah man and uh thank you for everyone who uh listened to this podcast and you know what i'm saying It's the daily nicks podcast this is your boy just and uh yeah go Knicks every day